2: Hello, and welcome to the Bowhunter Plant Podcast. Thanks for joining us on the live edition. Uh, it's myself, Tim. Hazzar- oh, myself Dave Thomas, and Tim Mazarana. I can't I got that wrong. You did the opposite last <laughs> no,
0: week.
1: We, we won't redo it this time, though. You made me redo uh, it live.
2: Uh, that's so funny. Um, so today we're joined by uh, Cole Tanner from uh, Ozonics. Uh, how's it going, man? How you doing? Good, man. How you
3: doing? Thanks for having me on.
2: Good, yeah. So yeah. what we wanted to ask you, and the biggest thing is, and the biggest question we get from uh, consumers a lot about Ozonics is, How do you use it? Like, I want you to walk us through how it's used in the field and how it helps a hunter.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like I said, the biggest thing I tell guys when it comes men and women, like I said, when it comes to an Ozonics, think about an Ozonics a lot like a compound bow, right? You would never just walk into an archery shop, I guess, unless you're buying like a recurve, I guess maybe, but, and just go take it straight out in the woods, right? You're going to, you're going to buy it. That's the first half. And then you're going to make sure you set it up the right way. Um, So that's the really big thing when it comes to these units, right? Like they can help you, and they can give you a huge advantage. But you got to set it up the right way. Um, so, unfortunately, in the past, a lot of people have just been buying them, and they aren't using them the right, the right way, right? And then they end up calling me.
1: What's your What's your cell phone number? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah.
3: So, if you give out your cell phone number, people will call you at like 5 a.m. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, so that's the biggest thing right off the bat. Is, it's obviously, you know, getting one is awesome, but then you got to make sure you use it the right way. So really, um, we look at it, there's really two main applications for us. It's going to be um, in an open air environment and then in a closed air environment. So open air being a tree stand. Um, so there's a few things that we kind of, you know, live and die by um, that can really, really help you be successful. But before you really get into that, you really more than anything i think the, the thing that people are really starting to figure out is people understand that ozone can eliminate odor right they really really get that part yeah. you know what i mean um but then from there their knowledge base really really falls off right and unfortunately um, we all kind of make our own perceptions and our own understanding of how things work right yeah. and i was no different right when i bought how much stuff in the past in the hunting industry if i didn't understand how it worked i just went off of what i saw on a television show or what I, what I have my buddies tell me. And then I just kind of fill in the blanks. Right. And I fill in the gaps of that knowledge base. And unfortunately that's happened a lot with, with ozone technology as well. Um, so really the first thing that you need to really understand before we even talk about how you use it is one ozone is 30% heavier than the air. Okay. So it's going to naturally when ozone is exhausted out of an ozonics unit, it's going to naturally fall it's 30% heavier than the air, 48 grams per mole is the actual weight. If you wanted to get technical, um, so that's number one. Number two, um, ozone is very unstable, right? That's really what we're trying to do is manipulate the instability of what ozone is. It doesn't want to be ozone, right? Ozone is three molecules of, ox- of oxygen. So when that ozone is exhausted out of the unit it actually wants to fall and then right off the bat, it's trying to stabilize. It doesn't want to be ozone. It wants to, it wants to come in contact with whatever it, whatever it can to become not ozone anymore, right? So that's number two. Um, and that's really what we are trying to do. What everybody's trying to do is trying to manipulate the instability of ozone, right? Trying to manipulate the fact that it doesn't want to be that it wants to stabilize. And when it stabilizes, it oxidizes. Um, so when you're in a hunting application, um, your scent is getting carried away from you, whether in a ground blinder or, or, or in a tree stand and that ozone is exhausted out of the units, 30% within the air, it's naturally going to fall. So we're trying to create that interaction between your scent and the ozone, right? And when that interaction happens, that ozone is going to attach to that scent molecule and it's going to, stay, it's going to try to oxidize that, that odor molecule, right? Which then stabilizes the ozone, right? It's not going to be ozone anymore. It turns back to oxygen. So think about your scent. A lot of, A lot of guys say, well, how effective is it or how does it work, right? So think about your human odor as a password, okay? And the password is human, the word human, right? So H-U-M-A-N, right? And deer mm-hmm. since the beginning of time, since caveman were throwing spears at them, right? They've known the password. They know the password is H U M A N. Well, from a molecular level, when ozone comes comes in contact with your scent molecule, it's going to oxidize that scent mo- set molecule and it's going to change the molecular structure of that scent molecule. Okay, so imagine it taking off the H and taking off the N. So now it's just U M A, right? So if I can change that molecular structure, I can t- change the complexity of your scent molecule, of your odor molecule, all of a sudden that deer, they're trying to smell the password being human. Well, if you change that, if you take off the H, take off the N, it's no longer perceived as a threat, right? Because they that's don't really cool, know yeah. what that odor molecule is, right? And so that's really what ozone is doing. Um, so how that how that comes back all around to a tree stand environment, what we do is completely based around what ozone does and doesn't do. So number one in a tree stand, you make, want to make sure you have the unit six to 10 inches above your head from the position that you hunt from. So for me, being from Iowa, um, a lot of tree stand hunting, obviously I stay in the majority of the time when I'm, when I'm hunting. So I have it six to 10 inches above my head when I'm standing. Um, that's number one, because like we said, ozone is 30% heavier than the air. It's naturally going to fall, right? So number two, it's all about direction. You need to make sure that you point the unit in the downwind direction the front of the unit where the ozone is being exhausted, you always want to point it in the downwind direction. Um, So I always tell guys, if I'm standing in your yard and I try to water the flowers, I don't water the grass, right? Water the flowers. So always make sure you point it in the downwind direction. Why that's so important is just like we talked about earlier, ozone doesn't discriminate, right? It doesn't know the difference between your scent coming off of you. It doesn't know the difference between your boot or your hat or the bark on the tree, right? Right. So one of the, common mistakes that we see a lot of guys do and a lot of it is because of what they see on television right or they see you know and whatever it might be um let's say the wind is in, in your face like in this situation the wind's hitting me right here so where bergy is sitting behind me that's downwind so what a lot of, a lot of people end up doing is they put the unit above their head and they just point it right down in front of them like this right well that ozone has to come out of that unit and then it has to try to get behind you right well during that whole time it's touching your shirt it's touching your jacket your hat it's touching the tree and your scent is getting in front of that ozone, zone. And that's not what we want to do. When I'm in a tree sand, I'm never trying to treat me. I'm just worried about my downwind side. I want to put as much ozone, create a curtain of ozone that all my scent has to go through that ozone. So I, like, I like sense. the
2: word curtain. Yeah. I like that yeah. idea. It makes sense.
3: So, so that's yeah. number two. And then number three, it really comes down to the angle. Um, and that's another common mistake. A lot of people will just put it above their head just at a, at a flat like this. What we really want to be doing is in a tree sand, zero to 12 mile an hour wind about a 30 degree angle and then as that wind starts to increase 15 and above you're really going to start to angle it more vertically down in essence think about that ozone like a water bottle like I, if I take a bottle of water if i take a bottle of water i just got one sitting here but if i have this bottle of water and i want to pour it out slow i just barely tip it right if i want to pour it out fast i just tip it upside down in essence on a windier day we're trying to pour that ozone that much faster into you're down one side so like you said it's six to ten inches above your head Always put in the downwind direction and then adjust the angle depending on the wind speed. And that's really, really going to help you be a lot more effective with it. And just focus on the fact that I'm not trying to put ozone on you. I'm trying to put as much ozone into your downwind side, creating that curtain that all your scent has to go through. Yeah.
1: So there, yeah. there's a very active... Um active component to this meaning that that you have to actively put the ozone out there there's no like quote-unquote lasting effect like you you have to have the you have to have it on and because obviously you're, you're, your your body is producing that scent non-stop right so you have to counteract that um, yeah. by keeping that unit on which makes sense
3: well absolutely and that's and like you said to the kind of piggyback off of that we talk a lot about trying to chase the wind right and for me for me as a bow owner i'm constantly checking the wind constantly 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 always trying to just make sure that I have that unit positioned as best I can in my downward direction, because wherever your downward side is, is where your scent's going. Very but good. to your point as well, the thing I think a lot of people don't think about is a lot of guys understand a lot of, I'm sorry, men and women understand that um, they can actively help eliminate their odor with an Ozonics in a tree stand. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's
3: interesting because a lot of those people being the guy that talks to these men and women all <coughs> fall all throughout the year, when I ask them, do you use it in the tree stand? They're like, absolutely. Using a ground bite, heck yeah, man, I swear by it. Do you use it on the way in and out from the tree stand? And oh. then everybody gets everybody gets quiet, right? Even yeah. you guys, right? Like yeah. it's so funny because and it's funny because you literally use an ozonics in a tree stand, you understand that it gives you an advantage and it helps you become more undetectable, right? It helps yeah, eliminate the odor. it helps you helps you so you can get past the deer's nose. But then you put it in your backpack and walk all the way back out to your truck and put odor into your hunting area the whole way, or walk all the way out there without it running. It just, right. to me, it's yeah. very counter, it seems very counterintuitive, but, but like you said, a lot of people just don't, they're just like, well, I never even thought about that. I had a guy, I had a young guy the other day who was like, listen, man, mine accidentally turned on and I made sure to shut it off. <laughs> right? Yeah. right. Yeah. And then I had a, I had a young, I had a young guy from Kansas. I was at a, at an event this last summer and, the, and this young guy stands up. He's like, listen, I was wanting to hunt in an area where I knew I was going to have to walk right past their bedding area and the wind was completely wrong. I literally ran my unit above my head, held it, you know, on boost with my HR 300 above my head the whole way in. And he's like, literally, I mean, the guy thought he had reinvented the wheel, right? Uh. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, dude, genius. Nor- nor- it's-, it's-, it's like funny, though, because more power to him. Years ago, before they ever came out with, we used the kinetic pack, right? The unit fits in the top of it. It works great. Before they came out with that, I just walked with mine, right? I
0: just carry carry
3: mine just in my hand. I have my bow in one hand and the Ozonix in the other. So, um, But, yeah, like you said, take that that to the next step and and realize that there is a difference, right? When you're actively trying to eliminate your order, you can do that the entire way, not just – in a tree stand or in a ground blind. Yeah, no,
1: I think that's a great point because, I, you know, a lot of times, and even me as a hunter, like what, what I'm thinking about is getting out there quick, getting out there quiet, but I'm not really thinking about that scent odor all the time as I'm as I'm moving out there. You just kind of, it just kind of comes, it comes with a territory, if you will. So you're just trying to make as small a scent by yeah. getting in there as quickly and as quietly as you can. I, but you don't well, think about something like no, this really never, being able to help you um, take it to that next level. I think that's a great point.
3: Absolutely. And the thing too that I think is really important is just like you just said, Is, I mean, for me, like being from Iowa, I hunt 40 acres or I hunt 20 acres or I hunt five acres. Right. Yeah. And so there are times when and we're all in the same boat. Right. There's very few of us that really get to absolutely hunt for a living. I wish we all could. Right. You know, but uh, but like you said, wife and three kids. Right. So I hunt when I when I can get out there. And sometimes that doesn't sometimes that means I might have to walk into an area that I might have to jeopardize part of that property to get back to that stand and ozone can help lessen that impact right and why wouldn't you be doing it on the way in and out when yeah. you're checking trail cams all summer right when you're you know even like i have a buddy that's shed hunting right now he sent me a pic the other day of him wearing his kinetic pack just and he literally just said just trying to lessen my impact you know what i mean yeah I, I, so it makes total sense
2: i actually never i never thought of the idea of the way in the way out you right. know you just assume you spray down with some sort of spray thing but i guess that makes complete sense to me to curtain the whole way in and out like you're saying that the curtain part i love the word curtain because truly that's what this is and i guess my questions are um from the the stand of uh how this thing works is it have is it uh, rechargeable or battery operated I, i've actually never actually held a unit is it can you tell us about how it works and operates
3: Yep, yep. So what we're doing is it's a, it's run with a 12-volt lithium-ion battery. Um, so there's the battery on the end. The battery fits in the bottom. It's rechargeable. It pops out of the unit. Um, and then inside the unit is a fan. The fan is powered by the battery, obviously. That's pushing air through the unit, and then it's pushing that air, air over a coil. Um, the coil is what's actually producing the ozone. It's, the way we produce ozone is called the corona discharge method. So it's the same as lightning. If you've ever watched a slow-mo video... Of a lightning bolt, or see yep. lightning bolt, yep. see that purple glow on each side. Yep. Um, that's actually where the electricity is fracturing the O2 and creating the O3. Right. So it's the same as what we're doing. We're doing the same type of idea. The coil um, is a metal coil. Inside of that is a glass. Is a glass tube with metal shavings, and the metal shavings and that glass tube act as the ground. And then we're we're just doing tons of little lightning bolts, basically, right? Which is fracturing that O2 and creating the O3 it's crazy um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy i it, never it's, thought yeah, of that
2: That's very cool. yeah, like it's amazing it's, And it's
3: actually that's actually the really really interesting is when we get people that know a lot about ozone whether it's at these shows or guys calling mm-hmm. the phone like all right man so how'd you guys do that right yeah and i'm like how did we how do we do what you know what yeah. i mean and like no oh, come on man i i understand ozone like i know how it works but every unit i've ever seen is battery powered right like yeah how did you guys do that where it's a it's a 12-volt lithium-ion battery, and there's a lot more volts running over that co- coil than 12,
1: right? Yeah, oh, for there's sure. that
3: grill, right? You don't want to be sticking your tongue on that bad boy, right?
1: It, 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 <laughs> I don't know, Dave. Old, I think you really should try it. Wolf, I think we should try yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, it's really going to zap you,
3: right? So, yeah. um So, yeah. So, like I said, that's, that's a really interesting thing is that it's a 12-volt battery, like I said, and then powering that coil. And it's not just for a second. It's not just like a lightning bolt where it's boom and it's gone. We're doing it for hours on when the whole time you're out, out in the woods, right? So, so how, long,
1: how long does a unit last? Like, how, how long can I run it for?
3: Yep. So the, the unit, uh, both the HR-200 and the HR-230 and the HR-300 um, come with a standard battery. That's going to run for four hours on boost mode, which is for a tree stand. Um, we sell an XL battery, which is going to run twice as long. So a lot of men and women end up running with the standard and the XL if you're going to be trying to sit all day. Like I said, being an Iowa guy, I'm doing all day sits as much as, as most as, – often as I can. So I run with the standard and the XL.
2: Where do, um, uh, do people buy these at like a Bass Pro? Like where would they find them?
3: Yep. Yep. So the interesting thing is, is as of the beginning of the year, we've gone hundred percent direct uh, meaning that um, the only place you'll be able to find them moving forward to 2018 is off of our website, um, ozonixhunting.com. Yep.
2: Okay. So that's cool. gonna be, And then I gotta... like I said,
3: we've got a bunch, we've got a huge consumer show circuit that we're doing. Um, all this winter spring and then throughout the summer as well. So
2: we'll be Sounds like you're gonna be busy.
1: Yeah, I'm on your <laughs> website right now. I mean the website. Yeah, itself, we're on the website. I mean, it's a great feel great-looking really good job. So, yeah, yeah, good job to that too. Amazing. So, but yeah, you, you guys thanks, have some yeah. other products on there as well um, You got some bags and some packs and some mounting accessories. Can you talk to us a little bit about that as well?
3: Yep, so so like you said what it really comes down to is we, we look at it as if there's There's passive scent control and active scent control kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah um, so like you said, we are, the awesome thing about what we're doing is it's in the field ozone generation, right? So that's where that kinetic pack really comes in handy. If, if you guys cool, are looking right? at that, um, yep. where the unit actually fits in the top of it. Yeah, um, I think that's and then, like this you said, here. you would, you would run it the entire way from the mini, from, you know, from the truck to tree stand back to the truck again. Right. Yeah. Um, it's 1300 cubic inches of space in the bottom section, um, adjustable shoulder straps, adjustable, um, hip belt. Um, and then from there, like I said, when we get into the passive set control, Um, And what I mean by passive is, is the fact that you really need to understand that, like you said, passive scent control is only going to eliminate existing odor, right? The, the effectiveness degrades immediately. Right. Yeah. So like you said, um, does that have a place? Absolutely. Um, Do I still do some passive scent control? Absolutely. But for me, I always tell guys, I would, you really have to decide, would you rather focus on being set free when you're sitting in the truck or when you're walking in the woods? And for me, I'm all about trying to eliminate my odor when I'm walking in the woods. With that said, like i said we also have the dry wash bag which is going to be a passive scent control um the unit that you would use in the field is going to fit in the top of that and then it's going to help uh, the way that it's set up with the baffle system like we said ozone is 30 heavier than the air so it's naturally going to fall on that ozone, that baffle keeps the ozone on the back half of the bag Um, but then like we also know ozone is very unstable right we also know ozone it's all about surface area exposure on your clothing we also know that ozone doesn't permeate clothing right so it's only going to treat stuff on the surface so the way the bag's set up is we're, we're pressurizing the bag and we're forcing the air in through the unit I and like only that. letting it
1: out through yeah.
3: yeah. vent on the front. And so by doing that, that baffle keeps the ozone on the back half, and then that's going to push the ozone back up through the bag, which is going to help create the circulation and create that surface air exposure and then let it out that vent on the
1: front. So I just would you noticed... recommend, um, like if I'm using the bag, like un- unzipping my my coat, not not keeping it zipped up, kind of doing that? what I think about, like, turning it inside out even so that, that I'm taking that scent out of the liner where my, where that scent's yep. going to be coming from kind of down, you know, down the road when I'm out, when I'm out in the field.
3: So like you said, the thing you need to remember is, is that ozone is only going to treat it has to, it's all about surface air exposure and it's only going to treat it right then and there. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. So the thing you really need to focus on doing is, is one, making sure you're putting the right amount of ozone on your clothing for the right amount of time. Right. Because too much ozone can be harmful, right? And that's the whole thing of what our units do is it's a pulse technology that's actually turning that coil on and off. Think about it like a washing machine where it's it's pushing ozone through the bag, just like your washing machine where you pours water in, it cleanses the yeah. clothing that it flushes it and then puts fresh mm-hmm. water in. We're doing the same thing. Okay. The coil turns on, it's turning it's putting ozone through the bag and then it turns the coil off and just puts fresh fresh oxygen through the bag. Because we don't want to put too much ozone on there on there for too long. So but yeah. like you said, um to your point um, absolutely, like you said, we it's all about surface area exposure because if you only treat one side, you're only doing half the job. So you need to make yeah, sure to treat sense. one side, turn your clothes inside out, and then treat the other side. Right, gonna... You're trying to treat as much surface area as we can to help let
2: that ozone come in contact with the clothing i to say uh cole I, I i got a little issue here though because you had this beautiful beard and it looks like you've taken that away yeah, what now. Is that? I,
1: I, <laughs> i'm a little i'm a, that, that is that is kind of that's kind of crap tim
2: man. was just talking about his beard he just bought some putty for his beard a putty little and broom, balm, little <laughs> whatever bomb and you had yeah. this little uh beard yeah. i
0: was yeah, gonna say you exactly. definitely know about it because in this picture you yeah, definitely dude, had the beard.
3: Is, is, so. I actually just shaved it a few weeks ago, so I had it like I had it like down to like here. It was pretty long. But I'm actually I'm <laughs> you... I'm training for I'm training for an Ironman triathlon and oh. I just got this way where it started to like separate in the middle, right? And it looked like it just was start. I was starting to get kind of dirty looks. You're so looking like uh,
2: the Vikings, man. You had the Vikings. Yeah. Beard little, going. Little, I gotta admit,
1: though, little a little disappointed with that, lot. man. Little disappointed. <laughs> Tim's got. <laughs> he's going for the beard now. Actually,
2: I trim mine too. Mine was really yeah. big in Christmas, but well, not, you're going.
1: You're going. You're going. Mine never looked
2: like also. like Cole's though. See, that's the problem. I was like yeah. yours. It's just fluffy, and it didn't really kind of looks ridiculous. You got all this like gray whites in there. I'm in I mean, that. I'm looking, in that.
1: Like I'm a teenage Like the problem is like I'm in that teenage stage right now it's like really awkward <laughs> so it's like it's got to grow out like, another, like three inches and then then i think it'll look better at least that that's what yeah, i'm telling my wife it's
3: that's usually where most people like let it go because even mine, like i've got some i've got like a pretty big like a quarter size hole on each side but if you mm. let it get past that it little covers bit ceiling, it and then it covers over the top it, like, yeah. Most, yeah most guys shave <laughs> it right there and then, that, then they're done right? oh man
1: i love it
2: that beard uh yeah i bought i bought some um i bought some of the uh i think it's called uh it's some about, about amish Amish uh, Blom when blum, I had my man. beard. And, dude, the stuff stank so bad. Did like, it really? It was horrible. The stuff I have is really good. No, it was bad. It it didn't even smell good. And I told my wife, I go, what does it smell like? She's like, it smells horrible. Stay away from me.
0: <laughs> I'm like, this
2: is not what I expected when you have this beautiful, oh, luscious it. beard. I'm expecting her to, like, like it, you know. I but love it. Anyway, I'm looking at uh, the website. I, I just want to say, uh, hands down, this is an amazing job on the website. Very, very cool site. And I really love the fact that you guys are going direct to consumer um it's something i've been pushing for years in this industry i feel like uh, we always get consumed by all these uh, you know, big shops, and we have to be in all this stuff. When really, if you do your marketing correctly, you can go direct to the consumer. Consumers like to be able to go on here and buy yeah. it through PayPal or whatever you have on here. It's awesome. I,
1: I, I do avoid this store as much as possible. I do right? too. I mean, it just time—you got like, you got family, you got kids, yeah—and um, you just don't want to waste the time and the gas and you know all that kind of stuff to get there and back and the lines no. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I no, think, I think it's I think it's going to work out well for you guys.
2: Yeah, so. this is—is uh, is this the first year you've done this direct to consumer?
1: Yep, yep. So that
3: just uh, that was just as of the beginning of 2018 january 1 right so um yeah and then like i said guys um the whole idea behind that is really um going consumer director is really going to give us as a company amazonix the ability to innovate and take this company where we needed to go right yeah and and really more than anything too is is it really gives us the ability to meet the end consumer halfway a lot more right oh for and sure be able to like you said um i mean and in, in everybody knows this it's retail right if 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 I make something for a dollar and I sell it to you for two, you're going to sell it to the next guy for four. Yep. Well, if I can cut out that extra cost, yeah,
2: then all of a sudden,
3: then 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 you know, like I said, we can meet the consumer halfway. Um, And then, like I said, it's going to allow us as a company to innovate and take this where it needs to go, right? And we just didn't really feel like there was any other way to do that.
1: Yeah. So you you guys got some big things in the works, or what?
3: Yeah, what's coming yeah, up? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. I wish I was at liberty to say. <laughs> uh,
1: this got, is the show that you're supposed to divulge. Come on, yeah. live yeah. live right here, now, here, man. Here you heard. can break it to the world.
3: Yeah, and then this would be my last day at <laughs> Right? <absolutely. laughs> they're like, like, oh, listen, we really appreciate you coming. You can find your own way back to Iowa. Oh,
1: that's funny.
3: <laughs> you don't have to go to Indianapolis next weekend.
2: What's um? And tell us real quick about the company. Is it owned by Buddy? Buddy is that who owns it? <clears throat>
3: So, Buddy is our VP. It's owned by a guy by the name of Scott Elrod. Um, okay. And Buddy and Scott are both out of Houston, Texas, um, and yeah. So, like I said, they're both um, avid bow hunters, avid sportsmen, um, and that's kind of the it's kind of a cool story how this all came about. Scott is actually a, an oral surgeon, a dentist, and um, was doing a procedure, and they had an ozone generating system um, unit in their suite that they were doing the, the ah. surgery. We're using it to help eliminate the smell from a carterization. And then kind of just all of a sudden, you know, the light bulb kind of came on. Like, I wonder if I could use this for hunting. And That's uh, really cool.
2: I think, you know, Buddy's been on the show now Mm -hmm. I think about it. He was on the show back uh, uh, maybe like episode, uh, well, we're approaching 200 now. So it's (laughs) it's a long time. It was back back a ways. It was around the beginning because I remember I talked to to, uh, Providence and he came on from there. And I talked to him after that, too. I was actually driving yeah, to a course, hunt, yeah. and I called him. We were talking on. I was on a hunt, and we were we we're going to a hunt, and he was. We were talking about that. It was a lot of fun. That's the best part about this industry that I love is everybody hunts, and it's it's so exciting because you know, like everybody's got cool stories, and you know, and you get into that whole like, yeah, I'm on my way, and this is what I'm doing, and this is what's been working, and yeah. guess what? Yeah. I just missed a 140 inch deer twice this year, <laughs> and the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so. Hmm. I've been saying that for years to bow companies, like that they should sell direct to consumer bow, not maybe their whole line, but they should always launch a bow that's direct to consumer. And I know there's a lot of politics with that and all that, but I just always felt like, dude, you you know, at some point you can eliminate cost and go direct to consumer, offer something that maybe it's not the full line, right? But you can get something that you know there's a somewhere in the middle, meet in the middle, you know. Yep. Um, well, and like
3: and like I said, I mean, I think that I think that the thing that's interesting about archery. The, the entire, the hunting industry, archery in general, bull hunting, bull hunting in general, is it's constantly evolving, right? And it's been evolving since Fred Bear and Howard Hill, right? Yeah. And since yeah. You know, yeah. there's all there's been all these innovations Beginning and all these things. Beginning of time. Come along. Yep, absolutely. And it's not going to change. It's not going to stop. And with the advent of the internet and with the advent of the world really just being that much smaller, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Godly, I'm I'm literally. We are talking through a cell phone right now. Like, give me a book. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's crazy. Wasn't, wasn't that in that book, whatever that book was called, 1984 or whatever that guy said, we we're going to be all be driving around in floating cars or something. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's crazy what we can do with the internet. And that is starting to happen in the hunting industry as well. And yeah, we're, just for sure. we're just trying to stay on the if front you, end of
2: that. If you want to hear something, a good story, just listen to our podcast on moon landing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we
2: debate if it really happened it's really funny. That's awesome. There's a huge debate and That's it is funny cuz Kevin uh he's a little he's in the, you know in his 60s. He, you know, he lived through that time frame. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I purposely had him in the room when we did it. And uh, Was he I, rolling his I eyes played like, devil's I advocate. And I said, there's no way it happened. It's a hoax. And he's like, are you serious? I lived through that. It happened. I go, they they robbed you. They lied. Were you
3: there? You what, all right. you what, when you talk about all that type of stuff, I got to I got to do a hunt a couple years ago with a buddy of mine named Mike Brazil down here, Hondo, New Mexico, which is just outside of Roswell. And we got to oh, go man. look at that, that Roswell Museum. And oh, is it cool? Yeah. It's crazy. Huh. It's, I'll tell you what, if you ever have a chance to go there, it's really something. It'll make you question everything. Really? So, yeah, that's and crazy. I'm, I'm a I'm a dork. I, I'm, like, obsessed with McDonald's. It's, like, my weakness is McDonald's. They have a <laughs> McDonald's there that's, that's shaped like a UFO. So, what? Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. That it's is like seriously my favorite, hilarious. It's my favorite McDonald's ever.
2: Oh man! All right, Cole. Well, thanks fun. for joining us, man. Appreciate it on the show. Yeah, well, and, uh, man, I appreciate
3: it. Like I said, next I time.
2: Yeah, next time. Hopefully, you can come in and hang out with us, have a couple of drinks and some bear chili. We have a good time in the studio. It's a lot of fun uh, every week. But uh, uh, so, if you're out there, go to OzonicsHunting.com. Uh, check out all the great stuff they have. Uh, uh, you know, obviously they have the dispenser itself, but they have tons of accessories on there. I was really impressed by all the stuff you guys have. So um Full check lineup. all that out extra batteries they just got everything and again direct to consumer so this is your chance to check this stuff out and get to it uh cole thanks again man for joining us we appreciate it and uh yeah right on dude we'll see you guys next time on the podcast thanks so much for listening to the bow hunter planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host team bhp check us out on facebook at bow hunter planet
0: we'll catch you next time